Well, that's uh, good worship. We love you. Good job. You better clue the men we're going to run late. Yeah. I was, yeah. You didn't have to tell me that. Um, I'm just going to warn you. Yeah, hey, let me, I, this is my turn. I'm just kidding. Hey, no, just to give you, just to give you a heads up. We're not going to run a, too far over, but we'll run a little bit over, if you know what I'm saying. It's okay for this week, right? All right? Good. My name is Joe Davis. I'm the lead teacher here in the garden, and you'll be hearing from Megan a little bit later on. Uh, you know how we like to look at Scripture in the garden, right? We do the history. What about man? What did he do? Why did he do it? You can almost say it with me, right? The theology. What about God? What did he do, and why did he do it? And then the devotional. What about you and I? What are we supposed to do? Why and how do we do it? Well, guess who's going to give you the devotional application today? The lovely and talented Megan Mooney. That's correct. So you'll be hearing from her in a little bit. Um, we're continuing with our series, our summer series on 2 Corinthians. What a great book. And I'm going to read to you uh, the passage from today. The sermon title is Jars of Clay. Not very, not very clever, just t- straight from Scripture. Let's just read this. It's a fantastic passage. But we have this treasure in jars of clay <clears throat> to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So I'm going to read that again in case it went in one ear and out the other. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the jars of clay, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies, these jars of clay. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In other words, in these jars of clay. So let's talk about the history of this passage. Just to give you a little bit of a review. 2 Corinthians was written for two reasons. One, Paul wanted to offend his authority as an apostle. And the second reason he wrote it is because he wanted to defend the gospel against those who were attacking it, saying it needed to be changed, saying it needed to have religion added to it, saying it needed to have pagan works added to it. And he was defending both. And what he says in this gospel, or in this this epistle about the gospel, is that the power of the cross is all you need. And so, to give you a little bit of review, Paul had faced much persecution because of Corinth, because of the church he had planted in Corinth, because of the stands against immorality and heresy that he had taken. He had faced much persecution because of the gospel and his claim of being an apostle. And Paul suffered because of this. Because of the gospel, it caused him emotional pain. It caused him spiritual pain. It caused him physical, social, and financial pain. As a matter of fact, he says in today's passage that we are afflicted in every way. Let me explain to you, give you a little color of what he means by afflicted in every way. He had been beaten. He'd been slandered. He'd been jailed. He'd been fined. He'd been betrayed. All of these things. 
These are the things that he suffered because he was a broken vessel carrying the gospel. And ministry had left a lot of cracks in this jar of clay called Paul. But it's fascinating because the persecution taught Paul a very important lesson. Remember who Paul was before Jesus? This was a man who had extreme confidence in his religiosity. He was the most vocal, most vigilant, most ruthless, most enduring advocate for the temple and religion that anyone knew at the time. As a matter of fact, he was so vicious about his defense of the temple, he is the one the Jewish leaders asked to go and persecute Christians. He even says in one of his gospels, if anybody has reason to brag about his religion, I have way more. I mean, his whole religious mantra and mindset was one of superhuman strength, discipline, commitment, consistency. He was the pinnacle of religious power and spirituality. And now... He describes himself as a jar of clay. Wow. Is that not amazing? He goes from being the guy that everyone was afraid of because he was so perfect to the guy that says, I'm broken and beaten and tattered, and but I'm not destroyed. And he tells us why. Why does he use the illustration of a jar of clay? Just give you a little background. Jars of clay are amazingly versatile and decorative. They are. You can have them look very feminine with flowers and all that stuff. You can have like a football logo on it, like, like the Seminoles or the Bucks, but not gators. Those don't work on jars of clay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just preaching, preaching gospel here. So, um, they are forged and shaped and refined by fire. They are indispensable as a household tool. Yet, with all that, they're amazingly delicate. Not like your 26-year-old Tupperware you have in your, you know, these things are delicate. And the older they get, the more apt they are to break. Sound familiar? <laughs> they crack easily even though they may seem relatively durable. We got some feedback come there, if we could bring that in. I'm not sure what that is. So that's the history of what's going on and why, it's theolog why, why there's history there in the jars of clay and who Paul was. Let's look at the theology really quick. I want to look at God's fragile vessels. See, jars of clay is a great illustration of who we are as humans in every way. I mean, meaning we are fragile, we are weak, we are subject to cracking and breaking. Emotionally, we get wounded very easily. We are sensitive. We don't like it when people criticize us or confront us or, or hurt us. And, and we want to take a stand for ourselves all the time. Intellectually, some of you, no, I'm kidding. All of us are often wrong. Physically, we can get sick and we can be injured and mortally, at some point, 
we are all reduced to rubble physically. We die sooner or later. And this theme of broken piles of clay jars is all through scripture. In Psalm 31, 12, I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel or a broken pot of clay. Isaiah 30, 13 and 14, therefore this sin, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall bulging out and about to collapse whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant and its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip up water out of a cistern. In other words, broken so badly it's unusable. Yet for some reason, this is, this is the, what's so amazing about this passage. It blows my, I was studying this this week and I just, I started to wrap my head around this. Yet for some reason, somehow God puts this treasure, the gospel of Jesus, the most important thing he's ever done, coming to earth in the form of a man, his son, to die and conquer death. This story, for some reason, he puts this great treasure, the gospel, Jesus Christ, into these jars of clay so that it can be transported from place to place for his glory and his will. Isn't that crazy? He invested so much into this gospel story. He invested his son, his blood. He submitted himself to the unrighteous so they could become righteous. And then he says, I'm going to put this gospel in these jars of clay. Look what he says in verse 10. Always, this is, this is the gospel, the death and life of Jesus, correct? Right? The, the jars of clay always carrying in the body, in the jar of clay, the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our broken jars of clay.
blue, right? We're going along in our lives and everything seems stable and okay. Notice that I didn't say great. It's okay, right? Life is pretty stable, but then all of a sudden, out of the blue, bam. It's like getting hit by a bus. It's like getting punched in the face and the throat and the stomach all at the same time while hitting, I think, your funny bone, which is not funny, and stubbing your toe. Mike, how hard would that hurt? A lot. Uh, yeah, how bad would that hurt? That would really hurt a lot, right? And I think it hurts so badly because we don't expect it. Because somewhere, brothers and sisters, I truly believe that along the way, we have deluded ourselves into thinking that either... <laughs> either through our own arrogance or through really bad teachers, we have deluded ourselves into thinking that once we have the golden ticket, meaning we have the gift of faith, that we're gonna be good to go when the reality is it's like exactly the opposite. We are not good to go. It's not good to go, it's the opposite of that. And while our suffering may not compare to Paul's, please make no mistake that we will suffer very much in our lifetimes for Christ. We will suffer at our own hands. By our own hands, we will suffer at the hands of others. And the reason that we suffer is because we have the gospel message in this jar of clay. And so what our suffering could look like if you don't really understand what it means to suffer for Christ, because I really do believe that we think about um, stuff that might not be applicable to us, either what Paul went through, what we hear about some of our brothers and sisters going over in other parts of the world where they have reason to fear. They really do. But for us, here's how we suffer. As followers of Jesus, there is a good chance that we will be disliked or hated by members of our own family people that we work with, people in our community simply because of who and what we believe in. When we stand up for biblical truth and biblical righteousness, we all but guarantee we will be mocked, we will be rejected, and we will be so very, very lonely. Often, the cruelest persecution comes at us from people who claim to be spiritual, but they have defined God according to their own ideas and not his. But our greatest suffering comes from within as we battle for control over a heart that must die to its own will and surrender to Christ's lordship. But thank God, and really listen to this piece, thank God it is not about the jar's abilities because on the outside there is incomparable weakness while on the inside, there is unfailing strength. And while our suffering may seem like it will break us, God will never ever allow it to defeat or to destroy us, and it will never defeat what God purposes to accomplish through it. I'm gonna say that one more time. While our suffering is awful, it's so awful as it might seem, God will never ever allow it to defeat us or to destroy us or to defeat what he purposes to accomplish through it. Does that make sense? Okay. That's the hope. But there are other good things in suffering. There's good, res good that results from it. Like suffering teaches us to depend on God. T suffering, especially for him, makes us realize that there's only one source 
of sustainment, and that is him. So that is being in the word, that is praying to him all of the time. Even if it's on your hands and knees, you might be flat on your back or face down. When you are really in the midst of suffering, it will teach you to depend on God. I know a lot of you in this room are shaking your heads right now. Another positive, um, our response to suffering can be a witness to others around us. We are witnessing to others that God's grace really is sufficient, right? Because it's only in this lifetime that we have the ability while we are on this earth to prove to be the living embodiment of my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Because when we get to where we're going, not going to matter. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, I already know that dummy. <sighs> Hello. That's where, I mean, that's, we get to prove that's my fate, probably my favorite Bible verse. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And finally, we are better able to comfort others when they are suffering because we've been in their shoes and we know we can relate. We can be tenderhearted. We can be compassionate. The world is missing a lot of compassion. We can be empathetic. We will suffer, but it will never defeat us. It will never destroy us. And God will use it for others. This week has been extraordinarily terrible. Like, truly. Um, started Sunday afternoon, about, yeah, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Mama drama, family drama, church drama, work drama, drama drama, other drama. I'm not lying. By noon on Monday, I was done already. And that's not even taking into consideration my heart as I prepare um, to close this chapter of my life. All of it, there was no single stone, trust me, that was left unturned. And so normally in my everyday life, I'm a lone ranger. I, uh, I'm not a good sharer. My sister will tell you, she's sitting back there. I don't like to talk about stuff that's going on in my, in my life, period. Because I figure everybody else has their own crap. They don't need my burden as well, right? And I think a lot of us do that. Especially women, maybe we don't want to share. Oh, you have your own stuff. But because of God's supreme grace and the Holy Spirit giving me such a square kick in the tuchus, that's a Jewish word for your rear end, by the way. My grandpa used to call it your dupa. <laughs> I did. Uh, I needed a lifeline where I normally would never, ever take one. So I'm on the phone with Pastor Joe, and we're talking through stuff. And then Monday night, I had dinner with my very dear friend, Jen Flerlocky. And Tuesday night, I had dinner with Anna Romano. And Thursday, I am with my boys. And God is showing me all throughout this week, you are not pressed, you are not crushed, you are not defeated, you are not destroyed because you are mine. So Megan Mooney, you are a broken jar of clay. And, and this picture, this is my backyard this week. How good is God? No, I'm not freaking kidding. This is my backyard. I'm cleaning up to get ready. I have a puppy that's coming home tomorrow. And you know, puppies eat everything, so I'm cleaning. These are my mother's old pots. They're broken. They're moldy. This is my life. I'm looking at them last night. And Joe and I are on the phone. I'm like, can you even believe this week? We called it a confluence of stuff, insert another S word, but really not. If my life this week was a confluence of grace because of the people in this community and because God is sovereign and God is good and because God put the gospel inside of this vessel, he puts the gospel inside of you vessels and the gospel never returns empty. It sets out everything it purposes to accomplish. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Suffering. Expect it. 
but expect something to come out of it and rely on your community. That's why we have each other. Join an intentional group. Join a Sunday morning class. Join another something else. Get connected. We are not in this alone. We cannot, trust me, I want to be alone. We can't do it alone. And so, as we prepare to sing our final song together this morning, uh, I have a very heartfelt thanks to everybody who is here for eight, oh Lord. When you feel like you're gonna cry, let's take a deep breath and then cry and then cry anyway. How do we say goodbye? We don't say goodbye. We don't. We really don't. Because Megan will always be with us and always in our heart. Over the years, her beautiful voice, her deep devotion to our Lord, her heart of a servant has led us all into such a deeper relationship with Christ. And we are so thankful. I don't know how to put it into a few words. All I can say is that over these eight wonderful years, you have grown to be our friend, our sister, our daughter. And we will love you forever. Now, I have a couple things. <laughs> this card was regular size when we bought it. <laughs> Guess it got stretched out from love, from the, all the love stuffed inside, and it's signed by many of us that are here today. And then we have a special tribute to you. Jen Glyphon gave me a napkin. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> it says, with gratitude to Megan for your eight years of faithful and blessed service to the Garden and the Church of the Palms, the Garden Leadership Team is sponsoring 15 additional children to the Day of Hope. So it will be 265 children that we are serving. Hey, Dottie. Woohoo, baby, huh? Woohoo! All right, now you guys have to go out really and buy socks and books. <laughs> No fiddling around. Bring him to that lady next week. With all our love and prayers, we wish you the very <clears> best. <throat> Thank you. Wherever the Lord takes you. <laughs> Thank you. See that? So um, right before we do this um, closing song, will you pray with me, please? 
Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for this broken pot who has just let your light shine through all of the cracks. God, you have called each one of us by name, and we are today especially thankful that you called Megan to this place to share your love, to preach the gospel, to lead us all closer to you over these last eight years. So, Lord, wherever you lead Megan next, we know that you go with her. And, Lord, we're sad and sorry, but we know that you've got a plan, and we are so grateful for that. So bless her just abundantly, and know always how much she is loved. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, girl. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Idol has to sing the last song, and she's like, We sing, we are here for God. We are here for God's glory. We will sing together. And here's the good news. I know it doesn't make anybody feel better right now. And I said it earlier today. We get to sing together forever. You'll never get rid of me. I mean, honestly, ever. We sing one of my other favorite songs. um, But it also ties to our message today. And I want everybody to sing as loud as possible.